preach tonight, Pastor Eric Francis. I actually met him before he was a pastor. He and his uh, he had a, a rap group that came up, and uh, they ministered for us in Chicopee. Uh, that was probably 1994. I'm thinking, right? Is we're trying to figure it out. We've both slept since then, so we'll just go with that, you know. And we can't go back in our phones and find out because we didn't have phones back in 94. Not like they have today. But anyway, then I got to know Pastor Francis uh, at the boot camps. Did a number of boot camps together. He was a DI. I was the counselor. And uh, just tremendous uh, friendship. Well, I'm going to remind him of a story uh, with Lacey. Where's my daughter? <laughs> oh, that was a great one. But anyway, we had a lot of fun then. Then we kind of fell away, just life. I went over, uh, the uh, Jacksonville got their own conference. Uh, I went overseas, Lithuania. We just didn't see each other for many years. He walked into the Prescott Church coming to conference, and I thought, that man hasn't changed a bit in his looks. I recognized him right away. I, on the other hand, have white hair and all sorts of other changes. But it is such a privilege to have him here with us. He's come up to see his daughter. And I, as soon as I found out, I said, you've got to preach for us. And we're going to have a treat tonight. So open your heart. Welcome him, Pastor Eric Francis. Thank you, I appreciate you. Thank you. Enjoy. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Good evening, church. Glory to God. It's such a joy, such a privilege to be able to do anything for God in these times, in these hours that we live in. Don't hold the bottom. Okay. Hallelujah. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I still get nervous. Amen. So thank you, Pastor Sullivan. Allow me to preach behind your pulpit tonight. Amen. Uh, I'm truly humbled. Amen. Uh, in my life, is, uh, Pastor Sullivan is not the only one that has said, oh, I've still looked the same since 94. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> Either y'all is getting blind. That's what I think is y'all getting glass. That's what it is. Hallelujah. <laughs> or I was just always ugly. <laughs> and now it just caught up with me. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, count of the privilege to be in the house of God. Thank you, church. We appreciate you. Uh, thank you for receiving my daughter here uh, in this congregation. We do appreciate you. And uh, we will ask God for his help tonight. Amen. Turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, uh, verses uh, 28 through 34 tonight. As you're turning there, uh, in, uh, we, where we are, we are in the low country, uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, Somerville is the place where they originally uh, came up with uh, sweet tea. And I know y'all don't know nothing about that up north here, but it's usually what you do is you put tea bags in a jar and you set them out in the sun and let them ferment. <laughs> just just kidding I'm just trying to but in the low country here lately we've been in the news uh, from a, uh, a man a lawyer Alec Murdoch and this guy here he's uh, a piece of work when you start considering all that he's done uh, not only did he kill his wife and, and his son but he also robbed his uh, uh, people who he had, had put their trust in him of millions of dollars. And I don't know what the count is now, but he's up to is over a hundred specific uh, counts that have come against his life that he's going to have to pay the price for. 
And so this reminded me of my life. And man, before I got saved, there was lots and lots of things that I did that I knew that I was going to have to pay the price for. And I didn't know how I was going to pay it. Oh, but can I tell you, when Jesus came and saved my soul, he's given me an opportunity to change. He's given me an opportunity to be better than I was. He's given me an opportunity to grow and to be an example to others. What a privilege that is. And so I want to encourage you through the word of God tonight. There's nothing impossible for our God. But the one thing that can stop God from doing what he wants to do is you. No doubt in a low country, everybody is saved. Everybody goes to church. I know y'all don't deal with that up here, but down south, everybody is saved. So no doubt this man had been in church at some point or another, and I don't know what they're preaching in a lot of churches, but I know if you come to our church, the Door Christian Fellowship, uh, uh, the Potter's House, Victory Chapel, you're going to hear that you must be born again. You have to repent of your sin. You cannot uh, continue in sin and expect that, that God is just going to close his eyes while you're doing what you're doing. So I wondered about this man. Didn't somebody tell him that what he was doing was wrong? We would think. But then you got to consider us. Oh, come on, somebody. How many times does somebody say, don't do that? Oh, I know better. Oh, don't. You better not go there. But don't, well, psh, you don't know who I am. The same possibly could be true. And I don't know what to hold the dynamics of all that this man's spiritual life involved. Maybe he didn't have one. That's the reason why he ended up the way he is. But I hear, I'm here to declare unto you that if he would have called out to God and asked for forgiveness before it got too late, he'd still have his wife and his son. And his career, possibly. So let's learn from him tonight. Amen. There's some other people, amen, that Jesus Christ, uh, he had something to say. Uh, he changed some folks' lives. And I just want to encourage you through the word of God. And I titled this sermon, What Pigs? And you'll get the message here in a moment. Out of Matthew chapter 8. Let's start in verse uh, 28. And he was come to, uh, and when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gadareans, uh, there met him two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs, uh, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? And there was a good way off from them, a herd of many swine feeding. So the devils besought him, saying, Thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said unto them, Go. Listen to that right there. Go. That's what he said. And when they came out, they went into the herd of swine. And behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the water. And they that kept them fled 
went their ways into the city and told everything and what was befallen of the possessed of the devils. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they say, praise the Lord, Hosanna in the highest, glory to the most high. No, Uh, that's what they should have said. And when they saw him, they besought him that he would depart out of their coast. What pigs tonight is the question. Let's talk about this. Why were these animals there? Common knowledge, you know, back then, you know, the Jewish people, they would teach their children from the time they could read, they would read the scriptures. And they knew this was the common law, uh, and it goes way back into Deuteronomy, uh, uh, verses, uh, chapter 14, verse 8. Uh, and the swine, because it divided the hook, yet cut, cheweth not the, the cud, uh, it is unclean unto you. You shall not eat of their flesh, nor touch their dead carcass. Leviticus 11, verse 7 and 8. And the swine, though he divide the hoof and be cloven-footed, yet he cheweth not the cud, he is unclean to you. Of his flesh you shall not eat, and their carcass shall you not touch. They are unclean to you. So why are these swine, pigs, unclean animals there? Probably because they made some people happy. And I don't know about you, but I love a good slab of ribs, some pork chops, huh? Some Boston butt, you just throw it on the grill. We did two for Thanksgiving. We had them on the grill. Oh, I'm talking about, they were smoked. uh, We smoked them. Oh, man, listen. So you can possibly say that they were there for food. Well, if you read the scripture and the law says you shouldn't touch these, you shouldn't even touch the carcass of these animals, why were these animals there? And it kind of reminded me of sometimes us having things in our heart that we know shouldn't be there. A little bit of hatred A little bit of pride that's there. A little bit of disobedience. In a low country, there's a lot of people that are racist. A lot of racism. Why should that be in the hearts of God's people? What pigs, right? The pig could be also something that uh, no one sees. No one uh, knows but you, between you and God. So as long as, uh, hey, I can get high, as long as I'm doing it at home, nobody knows, just me. I can get drunk, uh, yeah, I can drink, uh, you know, Jesus made wine, so, you know, I can just eat, it's, it's fine. As long as I do it at home, no one knows, I'm not bothering it, that was my go-to. Well, I'm not hurting anybody, so. What pig, Eric? So we've got to consider this evening. Could there possibly be something inside of our hearts that shouldn't be there? That's going to kill us down the road. If we don't take care of it. 
These here prices today, a whole pig uh, priced out at, uh, I think it's 375 a pound. And so if every uh, pig was 180 pounds, that'd be like 670 bucks per. And these, uh, in Mark chapter 5, verse 13, it says that there was 2,000 of them. So if you do the multiplication, that's $1,350,000 worth of pig that went in the water. Somebody's in trouble. What you do with my pigs? Can you imagine it? Where my pigs go? But these two men, these two demon-possessed men, they were completely controlled by these uh, demonic uh, uh, entities uh, that had them bound. uh, They said that they couldn't even come near these guys. Oh, but when Jesus steps on the scene, glory to God, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and every demon will tremble. They lived in these tombs. They were small little places, like a little grave, amen, but they lived in these these two men. What a wonderful life to live. And when Jesus comes, things change. When, when Jesus Christ came into my heart, things changed. I no longer had a desire to get drunk. I no longer had a desire to get high. I no longer had a desire to, to have a foul mouth anymore. Got delivered. And that's what Jesus offers to whosoever. When you get saved, what happens is, is you get delivered from the past and you have a hope for your future. Hallelujah. Philippians 2 verse 9 to 11. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. At the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So in our text, amen, when Jesus shows up, he says, and behold, they cried out saying, what have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God? Art thou come here to torment us before the time? That's a wonderful question that they can ask the Savior. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. But in their minds, he's coming to torment us before our time. It's just almost as if they were saying, well, we've got this much space to, 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 to ruin this man's life. Huh? We've got this long of a period of time before, amen, we can't uh, torment him no more. We can't keep him in bondage anymore. We can't use and abuse him anymore. we got this much time until Jesus is going to come and torment us. So when they see him, they're like, oh, have you come and torment us before your time? That says a lot. In my eyes, amen, that means that lots of people have been stuck in a certain bondage, a certain situation in life, amen, and it's being controlled by the devil because we simply won't surrender to Jesus. I don't know how many times, amen, I said, I'm I'm just going to be the year. I'm going to stop smoking cigarettes this year. Never. I think I, I lasted seven days. That's because there was a party and I went to the party and, you know, of course you're not going to be able to overcome. You start going back to the same mud holes that you used to hang out in. Of course you're not going to be able to be delivered. When I got saved, amen. Well, I have to confess. 
All I got to tell the story. I'm witnessing now. After you get saved, you get delivered, you start telling people what happened. So I'm telling people, hey man, my friend, he said, oh, okay, that's cool. And so he takes out his brand new pack. How many know what a brand new pack? He take it, he just tap it up, tap, 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 tap. And he, he opened it up. And I'm like, oh man, let me get a cigarette. He's like, ho, oh, oh, ho, you just finished telling me how Jesus changed your life? How, how you're a new man? And you're going to ask me for a cigarette? I'm like, oh. I wish he would have just slapped me by then. He just, psh, that would have been easier than to have to deal with the conviction of God. So I went and ran into Port of John, sat down and prayed and repented. And I asked God, God, take this desire away from me. And I would never, ever again. And to this day, God has delivered me, been set free. And that's what God offers. How much more does God do that when we say, God, forgive me of being hateful. Forgive me of being racist. God, forgive me of being prideful. God, forgive me of being disobedient. How much more does God have the power to do it for us? We just got to be willing to say, the problem is me. There's nothing wrong with that. I said the problem was me. I, I say the problem was me all the time because I need God's help. I don't want to end up like the man who had the, he had the best life. He's living his best life. And then in his mind, the, the only thing he could do is kill his wife and his son. There's somebody that, that, that wouldn't say the problem is me. What have we to do with the, it's a Jewish phrase which offers, uh, often occurs in the Old Testament. <laughs> it's, it's a request or a wish not to be troubled by somebody. You know, like if somebody knock on your door at 10 o'clock at night and you just, you just got, I mean, you just got comfortable and, oh, who is that? Said, what have I to do with you? Look at me. I'm in bed. <laughs> They knew that their days were numbered. And then they feast their eyes on the pigs. This is a wonderful thing. I'm hoping I'm relaying this. Listen, verse 30. And there was a good way off from them a herd of many swine feeding. So the devils besought him saying, if thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. These demons knew that their days were about to be finished. They were done. They can torment these, this, these two men. They can torment them no more. So what they're doing is they're looking for somebody else to torment. They're looking for another uh, entity, another body, uh, another vessel that they can get into and torment. And these pigs are just sitting there eating. And Jesus simply says, go. Probably because he knew that those pigs shouldn't have been there anyway. <laughs> okay. You can get rid of those. Wouldn't that be wonderful if we had a visual? All of our problems, all of our 
hang-ups and shortcomings and vices and they're just grazing and, and Jesus tells the demons, go and torment them and, and get them out of our lives forever. God has the power to do that. The problem is, is we got to say, it, 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 it's me. What if you have in your heart that God wants you to get rid of tonight? Could it be pride? You know the Proverbs, Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction and the haughty spirit before it fall. The Bible also gives us the answer. James 4, 10, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. How many of us, amen, like to be humble? I have to, I find myself being humble a whole lot more than, than not lately. Like, oh God, you got to help me. Get rid of anger. Anger opens up so many. It's like a, 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 a spider web. Once you get angry, it's a spider web. Just, just bitterness, resentment, hatred, doubt, unbelief, fear, torment. I mean, it, it's, it's all linked to, to anger. That's why the Bible says, Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. So let's talk about that. When you get mad, you're given a place for the devil. You know, like we have Thanksgiving and you set the place. Here's a place for grandma, grandpa. Here's a place for you, the devil. That's what we do. We get mad. Get angry. How many of you, by a show of hands, you want to invite the devil to your dinner table? Anybody? No. Good. So then why do we get mad and not take care of it right then and there? Let it linger sometimes for decades. Every year, Thanksgiving comes. What was that extra plate for? Be angry and sin not. Don't give a place to. God says don't gossip. Tailbearer, backbiter, slander. Proverbs 26, 20. Where no wood is, there the fire goes out. So where there's no tailbearer, the strife ceases. Wow. A skunk, skunk spray is an oily liquid produced by the glands under its large tail. To employ this scent bomb, the skunk turns around and blasts its foe with a foul mist that can travel as far as 10 feet. Skunk spray causes no real damage to its victim, but it sure makes them uncomfortable. And it can linger for many days and defy any attempts to remove it. The skunk spray has a range of up to 10 feet, but its odor can be detected for a mile and a half. That's a good picture of gossip. Skunk spray. Notice where it comes from large tail 
See, beloved, we know what's right and we know what's wrong. There's no, there's no excuse for us not to, as a Christian, as a man of God, as a woman of God, there's no excuse for us not to always do what's right. Because the benefit is, is that we have access to God who is going to hear and answer our prayers and give us the desires of our heart. But when we're doing wrong, there's no way that God can bless us. There's no way that God can help us when we're just simply uh, just being disobedient to his word. He says in, in Ephesians 5 verse 11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. That word reprove means to scold or to correct, usually gently, with kindly intent. Sometimes we could do wrong, rather we could do right, but be wrong. You know, like when you tell your wife, I'm the man. My way or the highway. You're right, but you're so wrong. Reprove gently, kindly. I learned this the hard way. Take it from me. Learn from my mistakes. Babe, I love you. But I think this is what the Lord is telling us to do. Follow me. Ain't that better? That's a whole lot better, right? Thanks. I'm trying, folks. I'm trying. I just try and make it to heaven. I just want to be there when he says, well done. Enter. I, I want to be there. He says, send us away into the swine. Cast us into the swine. And I... I and we read this, and, and I try to put myself in those situations. Anytime you get a, a story like this, put yourself there for a moment. The demons are asking Jesus. The demons are praying to Jesus. They got enough sense. Oh, my goodness. The prayer of the demon, they heard and answered Jesus, go. Sometimes we think that we're too small, too little, too insignificant that God can't hear our prayers. So we'll try other things. We'll ask the wrong people instead of getting Jesus involved. If he answers a demon, listen, I don't see any horns and no tails. You know, y'all folks look good tonight. God can hear you. If he hears a demon, for sure he can hear us. When we cry out to him in a right heart, when we say, God, I'm sorry, I'm repenting. Please forgive me. God is able to hear and answer. God, we need a miracle. God, I'm praying for a miracle. He hears and answers. I heard 
the answer, the prayer was heard. Christ, listen, he permits the demons to do to the swine what he did not permit them to do to, to the possessed men. But that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to run them down violently and kill them, these two men. But he did that on purpose to show them that Jesus has control over everything. So if Jesus answers the prayers of these demons, how much more will he answer our prayers? Psalms 51 verses, I mean Psalms 5 verses 1 and 3. Give ear to my word, O Lord, consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For thee, for unto thee will I pray. My voice shall I hear in the morning. Remember, we used to sing that song. My voice shall thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee. And will look up. Sometimes you just need to, as you, I do this when I'm praying, God. You got to speak. I've done, I, just, I need to hear you. You, you got to help me. Psalms 121 verses 1 and 2. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Remember, we sing these songs, right? And how much do we believe these words? Matthew 21, 22. And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, believing, believing. You shall receive. I believe God, folks. I believe God. I believe that there's great miracles for you and I in our future. I believe that uh, uh, should Jesus tarry, man, we're going to be fruitful. I believe should Jesus tarry, we're going to have a wonderful congregation here in Rochester. I believe uh, that there's many, many churches that are going to be planted out of this congregation. Uh, uh, should Jesus tarry, I believe our church in Charleston, amen, y'all going to hear about Charleston in Jesus name I claim that we want to be fruitful we want to see souls saved we want to see lives changed I'm claiming the promises of God for my life and I encourage you to do the very same thing for your life for your family God I pray for my marriage God I come against every work of the devil every lie of the enemy I come against every spirit of division and strife you need to take dominion over your life over your family over your job over your house over your over your car over your, your vehicle over your homes your children your relationships your work everything take dominion you do it that's God. First Peter 3.12 For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Here are these two. I mean it blew me away when I registered this. When this registered in my mind that Jesus answered the prayer of the demons. Man, I'm better than a demon. Yeah, that's right. 
Jesus is my God. That's my God is bad. And I start getting, I got to start getting a little prideful. So you got to watch yourself. Yeah, Jesus is my God. That's right. Yeah, he bad. Don't mess with him. And I start taking dominion. You know what, God? Help my mind not to go places that they shouldn't go. Keep my eyes focused on you, on the mission, on the call that you have for my life. I, I desperately need you. God is always faithful. Because really, if we get what we deserve, hmm? if we got what we deserve, none of us would be here. We'd all be crispy critters. That's if we got what we deserve. But we don't get what we deserve. Oh, glory to God. Our God has been so good to us. We don't get what we deserve. We get what he gives. His grace. That all starts, amen, when you and I, we prayed a prayer of repentance. There's a story, I, I don't know if you ever heard this one, but a guy in, in Houston, he, he goes into a, a store to, to steal, to rob, destroy. And everybody leaves him in the store and locks him in. So he's there in the store and they're calling the cops on him and he's like, oh, he tries to shoot his way out. Pow, 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 pow. He can't get out. Pow, pow, pow. He gets down on his knees. Please, please. I'm sorry. <laughs> let me, let me out. But then it's too late. Police are already on the way. You go to jail. Mr. Murdoch. Now it's, it's too late for him to admit that he was wrong. He's in jail. He'll be in jail. He's not getting out. Had he had done it beforehand, who knows what would have happened. And this young man, he goes in the store. How, if he would have just thought about it, thought it through just a little bit, maybe this is something that I might not want to do. He probably wouldn't have got arrested. So my... Encouragement goes out to you tonight, brothers and sisters. Now that you have an opportunity, start off a new year with a new you. Start off the new year with a new me. Let that old man, let that old woman die here tonight at this altar. Let the new man arise in Jesus the Bible tells us, hey, any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. God can do that in just a simple prayer of repentance tonight. Nothing is too big. Nothing is too small for our God. You got to do what I did years ago. Say it's me. Amen. Let's bow our hearts tonight. I ask you to bow your heads with me, close your eyes. I want to take a few moments. Perhaps tonight, amen, you're listening to what I'm saying and you're thinking about stuff that you might have in your heart that you know shouldn't be there. Listen, don't be condemned. Don't feel bad about it. The option that you have tonight is to repent. And when I say repentance, repentance, it gets thrown around a little bit too much uh, in the Christian world because some people think that they can repent and then go back to their, their old sin. God says, no, repentance is con- turning completely around and going the opposite direction. And when you repent, what happens is, is that God gives you a new heart, a new life, a new victory, a new joy, a new hope, amen, for your life. And you're here tonight and you want that for your life. 
We want that too. All I'm asking to do is just raise your hand. Say, here's my hand, Pastor. I need to get right. Not saved. Not right with God. Or maybe you're backslidden tonight. Maybe you were saved. You were living for God for however many years. And you find yourself tonight on the wrong side of God. Beloved, don't leave this place the same way you came. You can be forgiven. You're just a prayer away. God will save you. God will redeem your soul and restore the joy of salvation. And if you're backslidden tonight, you don't want to leave this place the same way. You'd like to pray a prayer of repentance. We want to pray for you. I just ask you to raise your hand all over this place. Anyone at all? Not saved tonight? Or you're backslidden in your heart and you'd like to pray a prayer of repentance. We want to see you make heaven your home. We don't want you to leave the same way you came. God will save you. God will forgive you. God will change your life by saying a simple prayer of repentance. Do it now while you have an opportunity. Anyone at all, just say, here's my hand, Pastor. Would you pray for me? I'm not right. I'm not on my way to heaven. If I was to die tonight, I know I would not make heaven my home, but I want that to change. Here's my hand. Anyone at all, would you raise your hand all over this place? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Very well, then you know what, church? As a people of God, you and I have an obligation. Jesus meant to save us for eternity. He meant it for the rest of your and my physical life here on this earth. And then... Eternity. From time to time, I ask myself, God, is there anything in me that you don't agree with? Take it away from me. Help me. I repent. I don't want you to be displeased with my life. God, I need your help. There's probably people in here tonight. Maybe you've, you've been saved for some time. I just want to encourage you, brother and sister, just keep on doing what you're doing. You're saved, you love God, you're on fire, you're doing what God has called you to do, keep doing what you're doing. Tell somebody about Jesus. Be a witness. Be a prayer warrior. Be in the prayer room praying, lifting up the needs of the church, lifting up the needs of our nation, lifting up the needs of our fellowship. Some of you young folks in here, you, you, you haven't figured out what you want to do with life. Can I encourage you? The will of God is really a good option. As a matter of fact, it's the only option. Perhaps God has called you into his ministry. And this is not for everybody. This is for called to a certain amount of people. You may be called into the ministry. Can I encourage you? What are you doing? Are you serving in the church? Are you helping? Are you being a blessing? Are you being faithful? Is your life a testimony? Can other people look at you and say, that's a dependable brother. That's a dependable sister. That's a prayer warrior. That's a man of God. That's a woman of God. Oh, he's saved. She's on fire for God. She, he's on fire for God. Can, can people say that about you? Because it should be a staple of the believer of Jesus Christ. We should be on fire for God. People should be able to use us as reference points in our lives. They should be able to look at us and say, yep, I want to live my life just like so-and-so. He's an example. She's an example. And what I've run into over the course of my salvation is a lot of people, they simply just come to church. 
Well, I'm here. Maybe he might critique. Or he misquoted the scripture. He, this word was often. Oh, that's out of context. You can critique all until your, until your hair grows gray. If you look at me, you ain't gonna find, you ain't gonna, it ain't going to be hard to find a fault in me. But don't be like that. It's not what God has called his church to be like. We're supposed to be a family. We're supposed to be brothers and sisters. I know we all come from different backgrounds and all that stuff. No, no, no. We are family. The family of God. And if we plan on being in eternity together, I think we better learn how to work together here on earth first. Love each other here on earth first. So that we can be a whole lot easier walk through the gates of heaven amen and, and see your brother and your sister there and be encouraged that they're there and not have an attitude that they're there I've been given so much grace in my life and there's been some times some hard times that I had to go through and I said God I'm sorry you gotta help me problem is me I got bitterness in my heart God I've been dealing with rejection all my life God forgive me help me I don't want this to dictate my life can I tell you God has been faithful to me to help me to meet me at the point of my need and the best the best part about it is God's not done working on my life still a work in progress can I encourage you brother and sister pray pray if we, if, we, if we do nothing else amen on this earth we need to pray to God and get him involved because there's a real enemy and he knows that his days are numbered so what he's trying his very best to do is he's trying to in these last days he's trying to discourage people from serving God trying to get people to not want to be a faithful man of God not want to be a faithful woman of God not want to be in the church not want to give and and sacrifice for the kingdom of God he's trying his very best to consult amen the work of God because he knows that when you and I get a hold of who God is and what he can do with our lives there's no limits to what God will do for us with us and through us let's be a people of prayer let's be a people of uh, of witness let's tell people about what Jesus has done there's a lot of people in our city have heard us and, and they know who we are just because we simply go out and witness and I want to encourage you brothers and sisters Jesus is coming. Let's do all we can while we still have time. I want to open the altar tonight. Maybe God has spoken to you. I ask you to just uh, take.
take a few moments to come down to the altar. Amen. Let God help us tonight in this place. The altar is open as our brother and sister to sing a song for us tonight. Amen. God. Why don't we give God praise together tonight? Father, we love you and we magnify you tonight, God.